Good evening. It was great, um, some of the verses that were shared there before, because I had them in here, um, some of the ones in communion and one Shah said there about death and life and the power of the tongue. Because um, I've got a slides coming up soon that will show you our theme for tonight. It's an interesting one, because I was driving along one day and I'm like, God, how am I going to remember all these keys, things that you've been showing me about healing, because I've just been trying to study it and research it and just dropped into me um, that little anagram, whatever you call it, cub. So I um, thought, there it is. And I thought, it's a good analogy because in Revelation, it says, um, Revelation 5 verse 5 in the Amplified, see the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root source of David. So it's like Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's like the king lion in that whole pack. And... We're just like one of these cubs, aren't we? Because the Bible talks about us. Um, it says in Ephesians 1 verse 5, For he foreordained us to be adopted as his own children through Jesus Christ. And um, it's funny, I was listening to another message earlier today about adoption. It was very, very powerful, very good. And to be adopted in that family means we basically have every right that a normal child would have in that family, don't we? We're taken in and we're treated equal. And God does that to us. He takes us in under his wing. It's an amazing thing. And even that song tonight we're singing, We Are Royals. It's like we have royal blood that's running, pumping through these veins. And that's the blood of the king, the blood of Jesus. So we're in a privileged position, aren't we, to be able to have that royal blood. So I was thinking um, about healing and looking over scriptures. And I believe that God really does want us well. You know, many things can come and try and attack that, but I truly believe that we look, search the Scriptures and that God wants us well. You know, we look at the Lord's Prayer. We often say, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, you think about heaven, there's no sickness there at all, is there? It's a place that God has made that we spend their eternity after we've left here. So we're praying that. We're saying, let your will be done here on earth. We're saying, God, bring your kingdom here. Let us experience what it's like in your kingdom here on earth. So we should be all carriers of God's kingdom. And you know, that includes no sickness. So you look in the Bible, about 37 documented miracles of Jesus. 24 relate to physical healing. So obviously God, Jesus, when he was walking the earth, he thought it was very important to include physical healing as part of his kingdom. Yeah. And, and everywhere he went, you see he healed someone, he healed the sick. And we're even going to look a little bit at how he did that, because some of the mindsets that I know I used to have in the past, I've come from a fairly traditional background, and you sort of think, yeah, I know the word, I know the word, but you look into it and there's power, and it's a, a, a revelation journey, isn't it, when you walk with God, and you continually get in revelation. I looked up a bit of a website, Australian Government Cancer Australia, and they said 48,586 deaths due to cancer so far in 2018. The new diagnosis this year is 138,321. Now that's cancer alone, that doesn't include other sicknesses. So you can be right to say that maybe sickness could be a bit of an epidemic in our society. Yeah. And you know, there's going to come a point, I believe, we're walking in the end times and it gets exciting, it also gets very tumultuous. But um, there's going to come a time we're going to have to depend on God a lot more. And sometimes doctors are not going to be maybe able to have an answer for us, or maybe we've put too many antibiotics in our body and everything's resistant. We've got to come up with some other 
um, plan or who we're going to turn to first. And I believe our first port of call should be God and Jesus and his um, word. I put down here, thinking about this, one of my greatest fears is actually that myself or even the church ends up having a form of godliness but denying its power. It says in 2 Timothy 3 verse 5. And I think we can't just um, go through some sort of religious motion, can we, with our lives and not have that power that Jesus wants us to have and to walk in. So I'm believing he wants his church to arise, to take hold of, of everything that we're meant to take hold of. So our first thing there tonight on the next slide is a C. It says command, commission, confidence and compassion. That's what the C stands for. Don't worry, I've got two more letters, but the second one only has one, and the, and the last one only has two, so. So command ties in with authority. We look at Luke 9, verse 1. Then Jesus called together the 12 and gave them power and authority over all the demons and to cure diseases. So that's pretty good, isn't it? Like, we often think of Matthew 28, the Great Commission, go into all the world, preach the gospel, you know, I believe Jesus has commissioned his apostles, I believe he commissions us to go into the world and to take up our authority and to, and to command authority over every sickness and disease. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? We're not just there to preach, but we're there to have authority. And I know one particular story of this in my life about authority God was teaching me once because... You know, I've been, like I said, brought up in a traditional church, and you thought, you read your Bible, and, but, you know, you come to a point in your life where the Bible actually comes alive in, in a certain scenario. Well, it happened to me. It happened twice, actually, in a period of about a year, but I met two people that were possessed with demonic spirits. One was in the main street of Nambour, walking down the street. The other one was on a coach going from Noosa to Sydney, because I lived at Noosa for a while. And as I was on this coach, the fellow said to me, he goes, oh, I'm from a town in New Zealand. Sorry about any New Zealanders here. But he said that he, he had demonic oppression and he, he basically said he was possessed with spirit because he said he was down there and all these guys, about 10 of them, tried to hold him back and they couldn't. He just flicked them off with the strength. And I'm sitting on next to the coach thinking, how am I going to survive this trip to Sydney? It's the next, what, 14 hours. Anyway, I was freaking out a bit, thinking next, sitting next to a demon-possessed guy on a coach. But you know what? I started sharing a bit of my testimony with him and he started to listen. But after a few minutes, his hand started shaking like this on the edge of the bus. And I thought, oh my goodness, he's going to manifest. <laughs> and so I thought, well, what do I do next? I just have to pray quietly so that he doesn't hear me, you know, inside your head where you pray. And I'm like, okay, oh, Jesus. And as I started praying, he turned to me straight away and looked at me and he goes, what did you just say to me? And I'm like, oh, kidding, this guy's switched on. I can't do anything. He can't that he can't see, because in the spiritual realm, there's demonic activity, and it knows, and it's switched on, often more than we're switched on spiritually, but the thing he said to me, he goes, would you stop doing that, stop praying, I said, okay, all right, I'll stop, you've caught me out, he goes, um, after I shared a bit of my testimony, he goes, the demons inside me don't want to hear anymore, they can't handle the truth, but you know, it was interesting what he said out of his own mouth to me, he goes, what you've got, because I shared my testimony, and that, he goes, what you have is greater than the demonic stuff that he had. That's what he said to me out of his own mouth. And it gave me confidence that, oh, wow, I've found the truth in God. 
There's nothing in the spiritual realm that's stronger, nothing greater. And it gave me that confidence that I don't have to be scared of anything demonic because they're actually scared of us. When their hand was shaken, he was scared of the truth that was in me. He was scared of Jesus Christ because I was speaking the truth when I was sharing my testimony. So we come there to um, Proverbs 18.21 that Shah so wonderfully mentioned to us tonight, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. So I believe that's why it's important because Jesus was on the earth and he talked to his disciples and he said, you'll be held accountable for every idle word that you speak. That's why I think it's very important with our words that we speak only the truth and it has power, that we're not speaking silly things that muck up the spiritual realm. We, we speak faith, we speak positive, we speak life. We look in Genesis 1.28, it's an interesting one. Because, um, I'll just read out for you, it says, And have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves upon the earth. Now, we have creatures that are big, we can see. We can have a dog in our backyard that sees a picture of the dog up in the corner. We can tell them to sit, and they should sit if they're a good dog. If they're muddy paws, we tell them, get outside. And we don't just say, oh, please go outside. We get outside and we yell at them, don't we? You know, they respect that we're the one in charge. We're the master of the house. But you look at what, um, under a microscope with diseases, you can actually see little cells that move around. And I believe that this Genesis verse here, 128, that man has been given authority over these little things that move around under a microscope just as much as we've got authority over a dog. Does that make sense? Yeah. I've got a short video clip um, to come up now if they can and get it, but it shows a T cell, a killer T cells in our body that actually eat cancer cells. So have a quick look at this and um, see if you can see that green one there moving around and lead up the red ones. And this is happening on a microscopic level inside our bodies. Green cell you see is a killer T cell. Pretty cool, isn't it? It attacks all the red and blue ones, and it eats them. It's like a little Pac-Man, isn't it? So there's cancer, be gone, you rotten cancer, get out! And like it eats it, that's cool. It spreads out and covers the cancerous cell, doesn't it? So doctors probably study this stuff for a long time under microscopes and see what actually goes on. You can pull it up there, thanks for that. But it's amazing that when things go wrong in our immune system, some of these cancer cells get out of control and those healthy ones don't have a chance of winning the fight. That's where things go wrong. So that's when we have to, uh, to command things to happen. And we can command them just like we command a dog. We command these cells to respond to the Word of God. Because we've got a standard here that we have to adhere to that's greater than anything that goes on there on a microscopic level. You know, there's another verse in the Bible, Isaiah 54, 17. It talks about, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And I believe that there could be, we've had bird flu, swine flu, we've had every kind of flu, haven't we? But there might be others that man-made flus or things that come along that are sort of like a terrorist act. We never know, hey, down the track. So that's another weapon that's formed, isn't it, against us. So I believe those things will not prosper because we choose to stand in faith on the Word of God it doesn't matter. We don't have to have fear of anything that's going to be manufactured, of any disease, of any sickness. And I remember when the bird flew come out and just watching um, 
some of Joseph Prince and his church, and they had it all around their church, and he had to stand and say, this is not going to touch us. And he was, he was pretty spot on. Basically, they, they had immunity from it. The faith held it. I don't know if you guys have heard of um, John G. Lake. Um, he's one of God's generals. You can buy those books, God's generals, a lot of history of, of powerful guys who ministered in healing. Has anyone heard of John G. Lake? Put your hand up. A few people have it. Well, they didn't experiment on him because he was a powerful guy walking in healing. They put his hand under a microscope and then they put the bubonic plague onto his hand and they watched it under the microscope. You know what happened to the bubonic plague when it touched his hand? It shriveled and died. Now, he was a powerful guy walking in a powerful healing anointing, but I believe that we'll come a day where each and every one of us can be just like that because God, the Bible says that um, God shows no respect of persons. You know, we're, we're not, it's not just for the healing evangelist. It's not just for um, some super people. It's for the whole body of Christ. He wants us to rise up. So I've um, got an analogy here I was thinking about. Imagine one night you're sleeping in bed and you wake up, you hear some criminal trying to break into your house, you know. You hear the, a jemmy bar trying to get your front screen open. And you wake up and you, you look there and you think, what the heck's going on? So you've got option A, I'm going to lock the second door and just dial triple O, ring the police. Or option B, I open the door, hey buddy, come in and have a couple with me. <laughs> so we've got option A or B, and we might laugh at it, but many of us when it comes to sickness and disease will choose option B. There's a, um, a foreign invader called a disease standing knocking at our door, and many of us will open and let that in without any resistance and without any fight. And I believe God wants us to stand up and fight. He's calling us to be ones that stand up and get militant and something within us has to rise up. So I believe that God wants us to command, not beg, because, you know, I've, not this church, but there's other, in the past, I've seen people get up and they say, oh God, please, if it's only your will to heal this, that's not faith. It's, it's, um, we're not there begging God, and we're not begging him for something that he's already done in his word. Because on, yeah. on the cross, he said it is finished. He said that the battles have already been won. Everything was total and complete. So we should not beg God for healing, because it is already there. We should stand on the word and, and command, be healed, because um, it's wrong to beg God for it. It's like if I go to my dad's house, he lives in Sydney, and like, I haven't been there for a few years, but if I walk in there, I can still open the fridge and get something out and say, oh, cool, there's a snack in there. He's not going to yell at me because I was brought up in the house and I'm like a son of his, eh? I, have a right. I could walk in the house and, and, and say g'day without knocking if I wanted to, couldn't I? Yeah. Well, it's like that with us in the kingdom of God too. There's some liberties because we can take some liberties. We're adopted, remember, as children of God. We can approach him so boldly and we can also take up the authority that he's given us boldly. So I think um, we should be commanding. We should be commanding, but I don't know if this is working at all, but I just wanted to um, reinforce a couple of points that I'm making. We won't beg. No, we will command. We won't beg. No, we will command. So I believe that we should command. 
I love putting little ditties because it hammers at home sometimes, eh? Sometimes you mightn't remember what someone says, but you might remember a tiny little tune. You go home singing it. Um, I believe that there's a commission. We looked there at Luke 9 too. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So it's part of our commission. Compassion's our next point. Mark 1 verse 41. It says, Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Like, Jesus felt a compassion within him for that person, and he said, I want to see that person healed. He reached out his hand and he touched them. And we look at other verses, these six other places in the Bible that it mentions Jesus' compassion prior to him stepping out and acting and healing someone. So it's another important thing. Like, if we don't want to see that person healed in our heart, then what's the use of doing it all, eh? We've got to take on that compassion that Christ had for humanity, for our fellow man. And sometimes it's hard to get emotionally involved in, in others' lives. I know as a chaplain in school, and you, like this week I've had to deal with a suicide case, and you know the people personally, and, it, and it's hard because like, it's not a stranger that you're dealing with, but you have to say, God, make me strong, help me you know, minister to these people who need it at the time of their need. Yeah. And I believe he'll, he'll do that for the right time. The next slide is... Um, understanding, that's you, so out of the cub, C-U-B. So the Bible talks about clearly what we're meant to do. Mark 16, 17 says, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it'll by no means hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So there, Jesus is telling us to lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. So we've learnt we've got to command, we've learnt we've got to have compassion, but we've got to reach out and touch their hand and say, in Jesus' name be healed. Make that connection. We're imparting life as we touch and reach out. Because I figure like we might as well do it God's way and not our own way, you know. I was in a, a, a church, in, like a, was Methodist, changed to uniting all that, but I got christened as a baby, sprinkled. But you know, when I got older and realised that God talked about full immersion baptism. Then I was like, oh, wow, I got a revelation. I wanted it done, so I went in the ocean and, and had a full immersion baptism. But it's a journey of life, our revelation. But when we start to see it the way that Jesus did it, we may as well stick to, to that, eh? Yeah. There's just a short snippet of a song that I, I heard during the week when I was in the gym. It's not even a Christian song, but I believe I felt like it's anointed because it talks about healing hands. Conrad Sewell. You were there for me when I was falling apart. I let you down. It left a mark on your heart. I never let go again. I never let go again. I never let go again. You got healing hands. You know, Jesus has healing hands and we go to him for healing. But you know, Jesus has given every single one of us here tonight healing hands to reach out and, and to make a difference. You know, he might be singing about his girlfriend, but, you know, Jesus knows that, that we, we need healing hands in our lives. You know, the world creates things, and they think it's for them often. And God, I believe, gives those um, superstar singers, he gives them their gifts anyway. Everything they have is from him. It's not something that they've got that manufactured. 
I believe that God's word is like medicine. In Proverbs 4, 20, 21, it says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. That's God's word. It's health to all our flesh. So as we take God's word every day like a medicine tablet, just like we would every day, it is giving health each day to our flesh. God's word. When you look back, I heard another preacher talk on and they looked up the original and they said they could find words in there that talked about God's word there being like medicine in that verse. I think it's pretty amazing, eh? Because we don't need um, any more pills. We need, we need to take God's word. And even like I was thinking today, Proverbs 17 verse 22 says, A merry heart does good like medicine. Sometimes we just need joy to come bubble over in our lives and to make a difference, hey? And uh, that's one thing I love doing is just is having a lot of fun, singing, bringing joy. 3 John verse 2. It, um, it talks about, Beloved, I pray you may prosper in every way and that your body may keep well, even as I know your soul keeps well and prospers. That's the Amplified. So again, that's talking about our body is keeping well and prospering. So many scriptures, eh, on our physical bodies prospering. I was thinking about Jehovah Rapha, you know, in Hebrew, the God that heals. It was first revealed in Exodus 15, 26. And this is what it says, I'll put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. That's pretty good. That was where Jehovah Rapha was first revealed to us as a God that heals. And God said to us, I won't put any of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians. The poor Egyptians, eh? They got caught with the curse, but guess what? We got caught with the blessing. And I was also, in in Deuteronomy, it talks about um, the blessings and the curses. And in those cursing category, it includes sickness and diseases. We're not part of that category. We shouldn't accept it. Tonight, I hope that you get that. We've got to stand up against it. The last point tonight is a B. It stands for two different things. First one, the body of Christ being the church, being us as a people. There's one guy who was on Sid Roth's Supernatural show, and I love watching that. It's probably my favorite show on the Daystar channel. But he was there, and he's ministering healing to thousands of people, but he himself had a problem and something wrong with him. He didn't want to share it with them because he thought, oh, I might decrease their faith. But one night he got online, and he, was, he shared with a few online that he was believing for, and some of them started writing back online and saying, we're standing with you, brother. You're gonna... And he sat there at the computer. He says, all right, God, enough's enough. I'm going to receive right now. He put his hand, and he was totally healed at his computer that night, just from the body of Christ ministering to him. He was a healing evangelist. So I believe every one of us, when we hear of our brother or sister that's sick, we should ring them and say, excuse me, why are you putting up with that sickness? Can I come to your house, lay hands on you? In Jesus' name, I command that thing to get off your body. Because you look through the New Testament, you only probably find a couple of places that even mentions prayer. We, when we come to pr- to heal someone, Jesus says we're actually healing them, we lay hands on them and we are commanding a sickness to get off them because the sickness is a curse. The curse has been removed at the cross 2,000 years ago. That is how you do it with confidence. It's pretty awesome, isn't it? And Romans 8, 37 verse says, Yet in all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. But notice in that verse in Romans, it says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Not I am more. It's a combined body. We are more. Together, we are conquerors as a body. 
If I'm weak, someone around me can be strong and lift me up. We all have our ups and downs, don't we? We need us at the body. Isaiah 53 verse 5, by his stripes we're healed. This is a good one. There's a good book here I've got, and it talks about all the different um, words that are mentioned in Isaiah 53. Because when you look at Isaiah 53, it talks about he bore our griefs, the word bore, nasa, griefs, choli, I can't speak Hebrew. But it says to bear, to carry, and that choli one griefs, it says sickness, that's the interpretation. So you look into it, he bore our griefs, he bore our sickness, that's what it's saying. He carried our sorrows. Sorrows is makob, which means physical and mental pain. Isn't that amazing when you look into the verse? Yeah. How many of them relate to our physical pain? Yet we, we saw him stricken, smitten by God. One of those words, stricken, means naga or plague. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. A chastisement for our peace was upon him. And that peace we often know as a shalom. It stands for actually welfare, health, prosperity and peace. All those things in the Hebrew word. Such a rich language. By his stripes we are healed. Healed rafa, to cure, heal or make whole. I guess a pretty overwhelming argument in scripture about what Jesus wants for us, eh? His intention is for us to be whole and to be healed. Now... Has my experience in life till now always been that standard? No. But am I aiming for that? Is God's word the standard that we're aiming for? Yes. The answer is yes. So whether we've seen it or not, it's up there. We've got to keep believing on that faith journey that we're going to see it happen more and more. We've got nothing else to depend on. We've got to let go more of ourself and our flesh and have more of Jesus operating in us, the Holy Spirit. And I believe that God wants to set us like on fire and, and have us burn, you know, for him. Like people need to see that we're out there setting uh, just on fire, just blazing for him. They're going to see something different about us when we're doing that, eh? Yeah. Cool. And there's a John Farnham song I just wanted to do a quick snippet of that. Um, and I burn for you. What am I gonna do? But for you, yes, Lord, I burn for you. I believe that the world needs to see us stand a burn for Jesus. They saw a burning bush in the Old Testament, didn't they, with Moses? But I believe God wants us to burn for him. Burn brightly, like up on a hill, not under a lampstand hidden. And you know, there's one more verse tonight we're finishing with, and it's um, two actually. John 19:1 at the whipping post. So then Pilate took Jesus and scourged, flogged or whipped him in the Amplified. And it's at that whipping post where the skin from Jesus was removed that is his body. And in communion, when we have the bread, that's where it was paid for, for our healing that we looked at tonight in Isaiah. And Psalm 103, 
verses 2 and 3 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. That's one of the benefits of just being part of God's kingdom. It's like, you know, you've got a benefit card where you go to the gym or you sign up for a club, and it lists what you can do. You might get a discount at this store and that store. Well, Jesus has given us a membership card tonight for the kingdom. And one of those things that's listed when you sign up is healing. Yeah. And, and we don't have to sit back and, like I said earlier, beg for it. It's, it's part of those benefits, and many of us may not be using it, the card, the right way, hey? So tonight, um, that, that's all I had to say, really. And, and I believe that there may be some here who, who think, well, that's all well and good talking about this, but I've never actually met Jesus yet. Like, I know um, we're all in that position at one point in our lives, hey? So if there's any of you like that tonight that say, look, what you've been talking about tonight, Jesus did on the cross, I want to get that first step. I want to jump in, count me in. I want to be part of that, part of the kingdom. I want that membership. And you might think, well, yep, cool, it's got all these benefits, but there's also a thing you have to do. You have to turn away from your old life, the things that you've done, and say, look, God, I want a new life. I'm going to leave the old behind because I know it's worth grabbing that thing that's new. So just tonight, just, um, you know, have every, every eye closed and every head bowed and just pray a simple prayer for those who want to receive Jesus tonight, but maybe all of us, it would be good to just pray along this prayer. Just say, Lord Jesus, tonight I declare that you are Lord of my life. I'm sick of my old ways and the flesh. And I receive Jesus Christ into my heart, and I make him Lord and Savior. And I thank you that I can receive all the benefits of the cross, including healing, because I'm an adopted son and daughter of the King. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So just while everyone has, still has their eyes closed, if you, for the first time, did that tonight, just put your hand up so I can see. If you did that and you said, made a decision tonight, I just want to look around, just in that privacy. If everyone wants to do that, then just put your hand straight up and um, just so that later I can just come and say g'day to you. And Is there anyone that would say that tonight? You know, you might have been with God for a while, but you might have fallen away and you're saying, I want to come back to him. And, you know, there's others tonight who, who may um, want to come forward just uh, as the worship team comes back to play. Others may want to come forward tonight and say, yes, there's something in my life that I want to break through for, for a healing. I'll stand with you and the other prayer team will stand with you and we'll do exactly what we talked about tonight. Because, you know, it's not just, it's not a game. This is power in the name of Jesus. And for those tonight who want to come forward and, and have a breakthrough, you might have had a certain dimension of breakthrough and you're just looking to keep that going and you just want more. And then there's a third category that 
tonight, if some of you might have thought to yourself, man, I feel like I've been a bit shy. I really want to step out and start, you know, ministering and lay hands on the sick around me, other friends, other relatives. That might be you tonight. So I believe, yeah, if you want to come and stand with us and, and believe to step out in a greater dimension of God's power and authority, and we'll believe for that also tonight.